I'm Christine. And special music, special music. Roll, special guest star. I'm Erica. Yay! 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 That's right, it is three ladies coming at you today. Uh, Erica has joined us uh, and she picked one of our movies. So let's start by telling everybody, uh, Erica, what movie did you pick that we're going to cover today? Um, I picked 2013's Coherence. Mm-hmm. And to pair with that, we went with 1984's, yep. 84's Night of the Comet. So we have a little Night of the Coherence, if you will. Two comets, two nights. Well, there's a few more nights in Night of the Comet. Bad title. I hate when they do that. For what? Coherence? No, for Night of the Comet, because oh. it's more than one night. <laughs> yeah. Right? It is more than one night. Because it wasn't about a comet. Well, there's, there's a comet. But... No, but like Coherence didn't say, like Night of the Coherence, which is the only way I would have known it was about a comet. That's a really good point. Both movies are terribly titled. They're all automatically going to lose like three points on our ratings. Um, but that aside, we're going to get to those movies. Before we do, we'd like to do a little uh, talk about some of the things we've been, we've been watching and such. Yeah. Uh, so, because we are ladies, we always let our lady guest go first. Erica. Yes. What you been? Uh, what you been experiencing in terms of media past uh, few weeks? Um, I'm trying to decide how far back to go mm-hmm. because I actually use an app now that tracks things. Ooh, which well, way? Not far. Letterbox because Letterbox doesn't have an app. Yeah, Letterbox doesn't have an app, which pisses me yeah, off. Um, that? It's 2014, so... people. No, it's not. It's 2015. <laughs> Um, so I use to do movie app because it was like, I tried searching letterboxd in the iTunes store and this was the first thing that came up. So okay. I did it and it's fine. But the, I just tried to like, in preparation of, um, recording, I just tried to go to their website to view and they don't have a website. So oh. it's like, you could either have so a website or an app. Got this. Uh, what, what is up with that? How does that make any sense? It's it 2019 makes- already. We should have yeah. these things figured out. <laughs> Zero sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, I don't know where to start. I'll just start from the beginning of the year. I haven't watched that much this year. Okay, go for it. Um, so, tradition for me and uh, my significant other and his best friend and his wife, um, New Year's Day, we always watch Out Cold. So, that is <laughs> okay. always how I start my year. I like that. I've never that- seen it, but I kind of like, I, I dig I dig your tradition. That's literally the, since the very, well, they kind of like used to always watch it, but for the past five years, that is how I've spent my New Year's Day. I've watched Out Cold with Michael and Nicola and Candace. Like, that has one of the Londons in it. 
Yes, it does. Okay. I, I refuse to know the difference between them. So, no, I yeah, I don't know which London it is either. But Zach Galifianakis, oh, interesting, in one of like his first roles, um, and the do uh, Tom Lennon isn't it actually? Mm, I like Tom Lennon, and um, the other the uh, Willie Willie Garson is that his real name? It's the one from Sex and the City, Stanford. Yes. Oh, okay. Stanford Blatch. Yep, he's in it too. Um, and there's one more person. I'm not going to remember anything else he's in. Oh, uh, what? Uh, David Keckner is in it. I know that name, but he's. I... You know who he is? He's the um in Anchorman. Oh, 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 oh! That's how you say his name? Yeah, I didn't really yeah. know that. Either. I always thought it was pronounced like Koechner. He was oh. also in Final Destination Five. He was. Yes, mm-hmm. he was. But he's in it, and one other person who I'm not gonna rem- I'm not gonna remember anything else he's in. But he's someone that you see him, and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> it's not the best movie, but it's fun, and we enjoy it, so we watch it every year. So that's how I started my new year. Um, <clears throat> then I rewatched Snowpiercer because nice. I wanted Michael to see it. Nice, that was good. I really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, then I watched Oculus. Oh yeah, your episode, and I really enjoyed that. Nice. Yay. I had a feeling it was, it was up your alley. Yeah, it was. It it was good, and I enjoyed it. And sometimes I shy away from those things because they actually scare me. Mm-hmm. Even though I like don't necessarily believe in ghosts, sometimes those demony ghost things actually do frighten me, and I like can't go to sleep at night. But I watch it during the day, and then I watch a bunch of movies after it, and I was okay. Um, I also watched What We Do in the Shadows, ah, which nice. I adored. It was so good. So much. It was so good. that That's another one that I've already watched twice this year because I watched it and then I was like, Michael, you need to watch this. I don't think he liked it as much as I did, but I really loved it. Um, I watched about three quarters of The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> and then I just shut it off. Did, like, you, get, did you just give up? Or were you no, sad? <clears throat> no, I read the book, so I knew what was going to happen and I knew what to expect. And... Um, what actually happened, it was a snow day and I was supposed to be, I was like, well, I wasn't supposed to be, I was working from home and my boss <laughs> called me. Sure you were, Erica. <laughs> no, I was. I'm pretty sure my coworker Josh is listening to this episode. Josh, I was absolutely working from <laughs> she home. She was totally working from home. <laughs> no, I really was though. And then I got a phone call like right at the end, like at the, at well, I don't know if you guys saw it. Well, I mean, anybody who knows anything about the movie knows that it's one of those. It ends really happy, right? They all get a pony. (laughs) Right at the part where it was about to make me like start bawling, I I got a phone call and then I wound up working, like like talking to her and working the rest of the night. So I never, I just never went back to it Mm. because I know what happens and I don't feel the need to go back to it. (laughs) I don't need to put myself through that. Um, Also watched Into the Woods. What did you think? Um... I really enjoyed the first half. Okay. <laughs> and then I kind of just wanted it to end at that nor at like that natural breaking point. Mm-hmm. I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I, I mean you it, could still recite it. Yeah, Act One is the fairy tale. Yeah. Act Two is the Stephen Sondheim. What happens after the fairy tale? Right. And normally I like that stuff, but it just didn't work for me. And I don't know if it was the movie or I don't think it was the musical because like I like other Sondheim mm-hmm. things I like Sweeney Todd I, I don't know what, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head Company uh, I've never seen Company Gypsy never seen Gypsy I'm terrible but I like I mean I don't have a problem with the way he writes like I like that talky mm-hmm. music thing and I don't know the end of it just kind of didn't work for me What's I mean I I haven't watched that film yet it's funny we just we just watched the the filmed version of like the 1988 musical, but it's, I have heard that same complaint from people who love the musical itself that on film, the like 
darkness, the dark turn just wasn't clicking, even with people who love the musical. And what's funny is when they announced the musical and that it was going to be produced by Disney, there was like all of this controversy about how people were freaking out because they thought Disney wouldn't go dark. Because, and I know they did change some things, like, this isn't much of a spoiler, but in the musical, Rapunzel gets stomped on by the dragon, uh, not the dragon, the giant, and I know that doesn't happen in the movie, and at first people were like, oh, Disney's not going to kill Rapunzel, but it's not something that's needed, but there was also like, oh, and the baker's wife isn't going to have her big thing that happens in Act 2, mm-hmm. but I know that did, but yeah, it, it seems did. like even people that love the musical are like, yeah, it did, but it maybe it shouldn't have. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It just didn't work. I have tickets to see the, like, no sets roundabout theater thing. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe Mm -hmm. that'll go better. But, like, I I like the entire cast. And, like, there was no reason it shouldn't have worked. I mean, there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason it should have not worked for me. But it didn't. I don't know. Okay, understood. I also watched The Guest. Oh, which which I everybody's Everybody's chat, chat, chatting about. I enjoyed it. chat, chat, chatting about it. I was at one point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I really see. liked it. Um, it's really good. It was. Um, and then I also saw <laughs> The Boy Next Door. Yes, you did. I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. Was it amazing? It was amazing, right? No, it was really awful and really boring. But, like, he gives her a first edition of the Iliad. It's amazing. <laughs> happened like nothing happened i sat there the entire movie and i kept waiting for something to happen kept waiting for him to do something serious and nothing <laughs> happened <laughs> nothing happened i was so bored i still want to see it i know me this, too so it's kind of like the roommate is what you're saying well i enjoyed the roommate because we were wasted well yeah <laughs> and yelling well, yes <laughs> how would you not oh so but you I, didn't like, yell at the movie <clears throat> excuse me i saw the boy next door with Brienne, and like no one was in the theater, and we could have talked through it, but there wasn't even anything to talk about. Oh, that's a shame. And you didn't sneak any booze in? No, it was like 10 o'clock Sunday morning. Well, mimosas. <laughs> Brienne doesn't drink, also. Well, that, that's, that's great. She drives. <laughs> True. It was also Super Bowl Sunday, so I had things to do. But, um, Power down. yeah, that's what I've watched. I feel like I watched one more thing recently, but I don't know what it was, so. Well, yeah, that's it. Okay. I am, I am sad to hear your disappointment in The Boy Next Door. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's okay. I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's as wonderful as I want it to be. I'm well, sad that you're saying it's not going to be. I would suggest that you wait for it to come out on DVD okay. and then have me and Fozzie over and feed us lots of alcohol, okay. and then it'll probably be fun. It's a date. And Christine should come too, but mm-hmm. maybe via I'm Skype. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Skype me in. Yes. So, Christine, what have you got? Was Erica done? I was, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I felt like I was cutting you off for some reason. No. I'm no, moving things along this week. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. In anticipation of knowing that Erica was going to be on the next show, this is true. This really happened. I watched the Veronica Mars movie. Oh. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it just so we can talk about it. I don't really have that much to say about it, though. It was good. It was exactly what I expected. Yeah. You, like, enjoyed it, though, right? It was like yeah. hanging out with old friends. It was just like, exactly. yeah. Like- Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary happened. Like I nope. was, I fell right back into it. I was excited to hear the song. Like it was good to see everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's just like warm. Have you have you read the books? Mm-mm, no, I know you're looking for things to read too. I so am. you're 
I haven't read the second book yet. It's on my it's on my Kindle. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and read it. Um, but the first book basically it just picks up right where the movie left off. Oh, okay, that's fun. And, um, and then like you know how Weevil kind of has like an open end in the movie. Yeah. Um, the second book picks that up. I did read the first few chapters of the second book. So it's just continuing the story on. And I really enjoyed the first book. Like it was just, it was just like watching the show, but I was reading it. Oh, that's cool. I'll look into that then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it for sure. Um, yeah. I watched that. Um, <laughs> I, <clears throat> I watched the Carrie remake finally. Yeah. I the, hated it. Yeah, yeah. It was so disappointing. Like, was there any reason for it, not for it to be to be made, but for it to have been made that way? No, no. And, right? it, and it was so infuriating that you had two amazing actresses in these yeah. scenes together and, and it was in that movie. Yeah. Ugh, it, it bummed me out. It was, it was dis- more disappointing than I anticipated. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was the only thing I liked about it was that they looked like they were in high school. Like that was it. It was the yeah. only saving grace of the film. Yeah, there was a lot of escalation th- issues. I didn't understand why things were happening mm. at certain times. Um we, we talked through it because I was just so flabbergasted the majority of the time. Yeah. Um maybe I, maybe I should have paid closer attention to it, but there were so many things like I was following along and then something would happen and I'd go like, "But wait, that makes no sense." Yeah. So, and I mean, if you're making Carrie, this is the third version of Carrie to be filmed. It's 2014. It was 2014 or 13 when it was made. Uh, they're really, they could have found a way to, and I know it's like, oh, in the beginning, they videotape her on their cell phones. Yeah. Like, that's the only 21st century thing exactly. about it. Like, there was so what's no, the point? There was no updating of the story that made yeah. it make sense. So yeah. that was frustrating. Yeah, it bothered me. Because I like it's Kimberly Pierce. I really, like, was yeah. excited for her to do something interesting. Yeah. Um, that's a bummer. Um, so I don't recommend it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I watched Manhunter, which is... The, um, well, the original original Red Dragon yeah, telling basically right. had never seen it. It was fucking awesome. Th- that is that directed by Michael Mann or am I making? Yeah, that up? it is. No, you're not it making directed it up. by Michael it's Mann. Okay. Gorgeous. And it's so, what's his name? I don't Brian know. Brian Cox that. is Hannibal Lecter. Yes, it's so good. Oh, Cox. Um, that's his name, right? Yeah, I know who you, I knew who you meant, but um, that is his name. But then we watched Red Dragon. Best watched, cast of a movie ever. And then we watched Silence of the Lambs. Like, we were going for a thing. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I had seen the other two. I had never seen... Um, I had seen bits and pieces of Red Dragon. Red Dragon's really terrible. I don't think it's that bad, but I think for that cast... You know what you like, shouldn't do, then? the most amazing cast. You shouldn't watch Manhunter, then Red Dragon, because then oh. you'll be like, wow, this movie's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Manhunter really was really, Dragon. really good. It's streaming, too. I might give that a go. You, re- you really should. I think yeah. you'll really like it. Um, I was like floored by how good it was because I've read that Red Dragon's the only book I've read of the series because I didn't really care for it. So now I've seen, you know, it told three different ways. (laughs) It's just interesting to see the different interpretations. Um, And I like Silence of the Lambs plenty. So so on Valentine's Day. You didn't continue with Hannibal? No, I've seen Hannibal so many times and I really don't like it. Okay. I don't care for it at all. I really don't That's think I like it. Anthony Hopkins. <gasps> okay. I know. <laughs> I don't I, I, I don't really know. I, I don't think he's always used right, but I don't really know how to respond to that. So I'm just going to gasp again. <gasps> I have to look at his IMDb and like really 
see if there's stuff that I've enjoyed. Because what I've seen recently, I didn't really like. Um, that's okay. So my my choices are questionable because on Valentine's Day, on Saturday night at nine o'clock, I went to see Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> Were you drunk? Um, no, but God, you people do not know how to go to the movies. I was curious <laughs> about it. I hadn't read the book, but I knew enough to know that I don't want to read the book. Um, And people were saying stuff, so I decided to judge for myself. Um, And Zach said that was the only way he'd go, as if it was like in a packed theater. Okay, I can see that. Because he wanted to see experience. Yeah, other people's reactions and stuff. Um, It was. It was. It's bad. It's bad for a lot of reasons. It's bad because it's boring. It's bad because the acting is really weird. The dialogue is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost not bad enough to be like fun. Okay. <laughs> that, being, that being said, I I didn't. I had a good time. So. <laughs> Are you going to see the sequels? I would probably, okay. especially because. I, I'm sorry that I can't remember her name, but she's married to the kid that played Kick-Ass, um, the director of this movie. Sam the, something, yeah. Sam Taylor something. Sam Taylor Wood. Is that it? It's, we're, I think we're all very close. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Sam Evan Rachel Wood. She, she, the direction on this was Sam solid. Sam Taylor Johnson. Oh, there we go. Wait, there we, we go. all had elements. The direction was solid. It looked really good. Um... She, I think she did everything she could. And there's already stuff going around that she has no interest in the sequels ah, or whatever. Um, I would be really curious to see what this would look like in the hands of another director. Mm-hmm. Um, I think then we would see how much she had to cobble it together. <laughs> but well, the... Did, I'm trying to remember because I know the guy was like a last minute replacement. So it was supposed, supposed yeah. to be Charlie Hunnan. Yeah, was, he was she set for it from the beginning, or was she I don't kind think of? So. Yeah, I think I feel like everything about that movie was kind of like, oh, this person doesn't really want to do it anymore. Do we have another director? Yeah, I don't think she was the first pick. At least, at least she wasn't the first pick. She might have been attached to it for yeah. a while, but I don't think she's. But it no, was it was pretty. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think, because I, I mean, I also haven't read the books. I have no real opinion on it as a phenomenon um, because I haven't read them. So blah, blah. Um, I think a lot of people are angry at it without knowing anything about it. Yeah. I um, had to know why I was angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fair. <laughs> as Because it's interesting that they have, this is a movie that is a female director. And I'm curious if you think that was on purpose or Absolutely. Yep. you think it was. Yep. Do you think it made any difference? No. Okay. This movie's still offensive when it comes to the ideas of consent. Okay. Um, like, I like that Jamie Dornan a lot. He was in Once Upon a Time when I watched it. Um, I like him. And I wanted to like him in this movie. But, like, I mean, it's... I know, beaten into the ground, it's Twilight fan fiction. Right. Imagine a really dislikable businessman version of... Oh god, <laughs> I just threw up a little bit. But like that's that's who he played. So how can you even like yeah. that? So he's tell he's like got these really weird relationship opinions and signing of a contract. And I think I've read it, about like I read the synopsis of the book one day and I'm like really I, I just don't really understand like what this is really about. So I read the synopsis on Wikipedia and 
It almost made me want to read the book because it's really ridiculous. It's it's really like four absurd. paragraphs in the Wikipedia synopsis about what's in the contracts. It's really it plays a big part of it. And as someone who's read and written a lot of fan fiction, this really was fan fiction one hundred and one. Yeah. Everything that happens in fic happened in this, and it was it. For that reason, I was I was embarrassed. Not even for the B- BDSM stuff. I was like, this is like low-level fic shit. This is really embarrassing. And then you throw in the fact that he's like, there's weird stuff in it. It's not. It's written by a dummy. And I I mean that sounds so mean, but it's really written by somebody who doesn't right. understand things that they're <laughs> writing about. It's like if you asked me to write a book about World War Two. And like a World War II expert read it, they'd be like, this broad is stupid. <laughs> Not that I'm necessarily stupid, but I have no reason to be writing about World War II. Now, so what you're really saying is... <laughs> That's my of- analogy. <laughs> I know I want to read your book about World War II. Um, <laughs> and then the tanks. And <laughs> Michael Fassbender was in a movie once that was replaced. <laughs> That's all. Tom it Hanks was there. And so were a whole lot of other guys <laughs> who would go on Mid to be big Diesel stars. Some kids. I can only Mid imagine it's first, like that I mean. one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I hate it when that happens. And Michael Faraday thinks he's that... <laughs> thinks that or Daniel Faraday, I'm sorry. See, Daniel Faraday thinks that he's like a pacifist, but turns out he's not a pacifist. It, would be a really a stream of consciousness <laughs> like paper Just, I like the idea that it's a combination of every World War II movie you've ever seen yep. so at one point Kira Knightley is wearing a green dress oh, and... God, so many sad things why are we talking about the sad things um, so instead of watching Fifty Shades of Grey what you're saying is I should watch the Law and Order SVU episode where Anna Klumsky from My Girl plays the author of like 51 Shades of Blue mm-hmm. and um she gets raped by the uh, guy from the producers, uh, but it turns out she didn't really write the books. It was the mother on Glee that did, right? Um, I, that's almost the exact plot of the movie. Ooh. Again, not at all. Sure. <laughs> Somehow that remained less convoluted than the plot of this movie. <laughs> um, but again, all that being said, everybody should see it because it's <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, to cleanse my palate, I watch Haunting in Connecticut. I, <laughs> I never see wonder that. why you're sick. It's one of those really bizarre, like, I've seen all the movies that came out around that mm-hmm. time, like horror movies, and I had never seen it. So we watched it. it. It really wasn't what I expected at all. Better or worse? It was, um, I think... It was a. It's a victim of the time in which it was made. The directorial choices were really bizarre. Like it employed the fast cam a lot, mm-hmm. like fast and shaky, and like lots of flashbacks. And there were like sepia tone flashbacks within <laughs> flashbacks. <laughs> and it's just like the story was super interesting because if you look into it, it's actually based on like a pseudo true story that some dude whose name I can't remember wrote. But it was based on stuff that he had heard from the real people that were in like. Um, Conjuring, okay. you know, Vera, and, you know, Ed Pat- and Lorraine, <laughs> yeah, you know, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, <laughs> Patrick Wilson's butt and Vera Farmiga's eyes. Um, but it's so the story is based in something interesting. I just didn't really like how they told it. Plus, Kyle Gallner's in it. So. Oh, yay for him! Yeah, I love him. Um, um, the Haunting in Connecticut has the best sequel name, which is The Haunting in Connecticut 2. To ha- like Georgia Knights. Georgia Ghosts or something. <laughs> Ghosts <Yeah>. of Georgia. <laughs> now I can finally watch that because I've seen the first oh, one. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank God um, for that. I, was the Asi- I watched the Asylum ripoff oh. of it, and I think it's called like A Haunting in New England. <laughs> 
There's so many movies that are a haunting in something yeah. or the haunting of something. Um, I was upset that we wasted our movie going to Fifty Shades of Grey instead of the other movie that came out that weekend. So we went and saw that. Um, we saw Kingsman colon something 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 okay i guess i don't watch because everybody on facebook is talking about this movie i i have not seen anything on it what is it matthew vaughn i think that's his name the dude who directed x-men first class and kick-ass okay like him. um he he did a movie that was very um james bondy and it had colin firth in it as the james bondy yeah, he's like the guy. This okay. I'm saying like this this did happen. This is a movie that's out now. Oh, I, don't I believe know. you because everybody's talking about it, but I like I feel like I am living it's in a like, novel or something. Like a secret servicey type thing okay. where like they they get this like new group of kids in to see who's gonna take over like this other guy's position in this band of people. And it's um actually really funny and really fun. Okay. Um Mark Strong is in it. Um, sure. I don't know who that is. Um, he's in Sunshine. Is Why is that my pull? <laughs> um, you would know him if you saw a picture of Mark Singer. He's bald all the time. <laughs> so are a lot of people. Um, it's really, hair. really good. It's really good. Cool. It's really fun. I think you would like it. Okay. I, you know who I think would either like it or hate it. Um, one extreme of those things is your husband because mm. he's such a James Bond fan. Okay. It's super, like, that's all he did. He just made a James Bond, a modern James Bond movie okay. with a twist. Interesting. All right, I'll put it on the radar. Um, okay, and I'll finish up real quick. My last movie is a movie that is the opposite of my Netflix recommend. Oh. It's my Netflix, dear God, please don't watch this. Oh, no, you know that I'm writing it down right now. It's Stephen King's A Good Marriage. Oh, NOTLP just reviewed this. Oh, what did they say? Uh, they were kind of meh that. on it, I think. It was so I don't think they boring. hated it. I don't think any of them hated it, but nobody. It was loved it. boring, and I yelled at the TV a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Okay. It made no sense. It was weird. Gotcha. Thanks. Yeah, I'm here for you. Thank you. Okay, I have a small list because I've been reading a lot books and stuff again so that's Nerd. been taking time i know well i decided to reread 1984 um which i hadn't read since high school and i really enjoyed it and it started me on this like i'm gonna reread all these other books that i read in high school as an adult to see like how i feel about them but before i did that i started reading um murakami's iq 84 which is like a thousand it's like a game of thrones size book so mm-hmm. that's taking me five years to read uh so instead of so the few movies i've watched um finally got around to spring breakers oh fun on amazon prime i really enjoyed it yeah. i didn't know how i'd feel about it because i i didn't i've never i guess i saw kids i don't <laughs> think i've seen much harmony corinne um what i kind of heard about it made me think i wouldn't enjoy it but because it doesn't take itself seriously. Like, it's very clear that it's uh, kind of having fun with itself. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, Hannah from Pretty Little Liars was good in it. Yes, she was. James Franco was wonderful in it. He um, was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a much, much better time and more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Uh, I watched... This was making the rounds. A lot of people were talking about it as being, like, one of the best horror movies of last year. And it was The Canal. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely heard of it. Um, it was good. I don't know if it was a little overhyped for me, uh, because I 
kind of had a hard time like really being affected by it. It's mm-hmm. really strangely paced. Um, it's well acted. It's well shot. It, the characters are really sympathetic where you really kind of get involved and like want the best for them. But there was something about the pacing that was really slow, but then stuff happened, but then nothing happened mm-hmm. that really just didn't click for me. So I... Uh, kind of was up and down on it. it. Had a really good ending though, so it's it's worth worth a go. Uh, well, I figure it's the kind of movie that will eventually be on instant watch, so I'd <laughs> wait for it. I was gonna say I'll probably end yeah. up seeing it then. Uh, because people told me not to watch it, and we know that that's <laughs> the best way to make me watch something. Um, so on Amazon Prime, there's uh, you you can watch Trucks, which is the other adaptation of Stephen King's short story, so it's, yeah. you could call it a remake of Maximum Overdrive if you wish, but I guess it's more an adaptation of the short story. Um, this, I think it was like technically a made-for-Canada TV movie. <laughs> There's a couple of like random faces that look familiar, like Brendan Fletcher, who was in uh, uh, Jason X, isn't it? Uh, this is... It's not terrible in some ways... I'm sure it could be argued that it is a better movie than Maximum Overdrive. Mm-hmm. But it is. I just doubt not, it. Well, yeah. It's just like Maximum Overdrive is terrible, but it's so much fun mm-hmm. and so bonkers and has so many, so much craziness. And I have so much nostalgia for it that I love it. Trucks was kind of like, it's a story of killer trucks. And here are some kind of annoying, but not that interesting characters. And there's trucks around. Um, so it was... I don't know. I mean, I'm glad I watched it because I've always wondered about it. But, mm-hmm. it was, you know. Uh, another movie everybody was talking about in Instant Watch was the Town That Dreaded Sundown remake. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this. Um, it is... Erica, this is interesting. It is produced by Ryan Murphy's company. Oh. And it was written by... I can't remember the names, but it's two of the... It's the writer and then the other guys, the director, both did a lot of directing on Glee and American Horror Story. Okay. Um, uh, they both have, like, uh, kind of Spanish names that I can't pronounce and can't remember. Uh, both of them, I think, are first time, the one of them is a first time director. I don't know as far as um, what else they wrote. But this was really, it was a really interesting way to make a sequel slash re- remake of a movie. Uh, I, I've seen the original a long time ago. It has fa- aspects to it that are really interesting and memorable. It's not that great a movie. Um, and what this this movie does is it it exists in a world where the movie exists. So it's sort of a... Uh, it is set in the town where people watch the movie about what happened in the town. So it's very meta, but not annoyingly so, I didn't think. Um it's there's a whole lot of great car- Veronica Cartwright's in it, uh, Ed Lauder's in it. It has this amazing cast of random people in small roles that you're like, that's Gary Cole and all that. Uh, so it's really worth a watch. It is not amazing, but it's a really interesting way to do a remake or whatever you want to call what it is. Um, on Instant, I also watched a movie. I don't know why. I guess. I was looking for something kind of just different. I watched a movie called The Assassin of the Czar, which Mm -hmm. stars Malcolm McDowell. Uh, This is from like 1991 or so. It is a Russian movie. And I think it was filmed in both like Russian and English kind of thing. Uh, And it's about Malcolm McDowell plays a mental patient who 
thinks that he is the like he basically thinks that he's two people he thinks that he is the man who assassinated czar nicholas ii and who assassinated the czar two czars before him who was also assassinated uh so it's kind of like the psychologist is trying to help him but as he does it the psychologist starts getting sucked into this world and blah blah uh, I think I'm making it sound much more interesting than it is. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's... I just... I think what it uh, was doing was if you kind of wanted a more, like, movie about psychology and existence and history, maybe it was interesting. Um, I th- it. I think somebody would enjoy this movie or appreciate this movie. Uh, I found it really boring like the most interesting thing to me watching it after a while was like i I remember when i lived in russia my apartment looked like that like i just was more interested in like looking at russia um but i don't know if anybody's seen it i'm curious malcolm mcdowell's great in it of course uh but yeah i'm curious if anybody has watched it like i don't really want to recommend anybody watch it but you know it's uh, yeah, I don't know. Just a big shrug. I, I haven't watched it, but it made me realize that I did watch something that wasn't on my list, and I think that you should watch it if you haven't already. What was it? It's Enem- Enemy, Enemy, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. I don't know that I know it. Yeah, I didn't know it either, and then somebody oh, read it to me. I totally was going to watch that one day. It's on Amazon. It's on yeah. Um, so it, I, I loved it. I just... I was over the moon for it. It was one of the best things I've seen in a while. That's good news because I was looking at it and I was like, oh, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, I should probably watch this. And then I was like reading reviews. I think you'll like it. They were very mixed. And I was like, I don't know if I want to waste my time on this right now. Like, And then I kind of forgot about it. I think once you see the see it and see the structure of the movie, you'll totally get why there are mixed reviews. Because there's people it won't work for at all. Ever. <laughs> but I, I liked it a lot. It was a very simple, small, tight story with very few characters and very few people. And it was open ended. It had like a lot. You could interpret a lot about it. Um, I liked it a lot. So sorry. I didn't oh, mean no, to jump. That sounds of interest. I, I definitely think people should watch it yeah, if they have my radar. Uh, only other movie I watched was not simple and um, short. Uh, we watched Boyhood. Oh, what did you think? Uh, I appreciate it. I really appreciate that it exists. I am very hot and cold on Richard Linklater. Me too. Um, I love Days Confused. I love the second Before Sunrise movie. I like Before Sunrise. I haven't seen the third one yet, um, but I love the second one. Uh, I love School of Rock. But I, there's a movie he made called Suburbia from, which was based on Eric Bergosian play that made me want to kill things. Mm. Uh, and, and Waking Life, I really didn't like. So it's very like, I'm not the biggest fan of when he just puts a bunch of young white characters together and has them talk about life. Uh, that can really irk me. So with Boyhood, once it gets to that point is where it lost me. Because for the first, like, two hours where it's, you know, him as a kid and all this stuff, like, I was pretty into it. And then once he becomes a teenager and every conversation is the same conversation, that's interesting when you're a teenager, but not to watch at when you're going on two and a half hours and it's yeah. still repeating the same thing. <laughs> that was my and all word. your characters are repeating the same that's- mistakes and life choices. Yeah, yeah. Ethan Hawke is great in it. I love him. He is so, um, 
Like, I keep saying he's really charming in it, which is, like, misleading, because I'm not saying his character is charming. It's that, like, he, when he's on screen, something about everything in the movie just kind of clicks. Like, he's really good with the kids, just in terms of, like, the way he's acting, I guess, with them. Like, he has, like, the best energy on screen that kind of brings everything up, I think. Uh... So it's it's worth watching because just the idea of what you're watching, which is pretty cool. It's like oh yeah, okay, twelve years in life, um, but I it didn't uh, emotionally connect to me the way I know it did for some people that put it at the top of their list and are crying that it didn't win the Oscar. Uh, so it's you know it was an interesting experiment. Um, it could have been successful for me personally, but it went on too long and focused on the wrong things for me. But I can understand somebody being moved, more moved by it. Yeah. yeah. Erica, you didn't see it, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's long. Um, yeah, and then I mentioned this on the uh, Facebook page. I Because I have Amazon Prime, so I've been, like, watching stuff. Uh, and the only other thing I wanted to say was Broad City is so good. Have Christine, I know you said you were going to watch it. Did you? I watched the first episode. Did you enjoy it? Not really. No? Oh. So I it, I might go back and try to... I understand you can't really judge by the first episode, but it didn't make me want to watch the next okay. episode. So I might um I might go in again. All right, Erica, have um, you watched it? No, but I saw the beginning of an episode because I record after midnight. Um, okay. And sometimes it comes on after that. And I was like, oh, I know people have told me I should be watching this. And I definitely should because I found the first five minutes really funny yeah give it a go i think it's all season one is on amazon prime i don't know if uh if it's also on netflix or not but it's i find it really funny so i recommend it (laughs) uh but yeah that's everything i got so uh i guess now we take a quick break and come back in chronological should we say or sure with our comments go with the, the comment that came first first sure on that one night that wasn't one night Okay, we'll take a quick break and come back to talk about 1984's Night of the Comet. Night of the Comet. Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry? We drifted apart Does your memory stray To a bright summer day When I kissed you And called you sweetheart Do the chairs in your parlor Do you gaze at your doorstep And picture me there Is your heart And now we are up to our first movie of the night Which is 1984 Written and directed by Tom Eberhardt Night of the Comet Now I had seen this movie once before Christine, you had seen it a few times I have seen it a few times, yes Okay, uh, Erica? I had never seen it before. Ooh, okay then. Uh, who would like to kind of give a little synopsis? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? <laughs> Should... 
Uh, should I? Do you want me to? Christine can do it. You I, can I can do it. I can do it if you want. She's got that cute scratchy voice. So yeah. Oh, they, so I was it. I was trying to um avoid having people have to listen to me on this podcast. They <laughs> love it. Um okay. So Night of the Comet is basically a story um that centers around two sisters, um Reggie and Sam. Um due to various things leading up to it. They are spared from the destruction of a comet that is passing too close to Earth. Um, they they get up in the morning after the comet, and everything is everybody's just dust. Or dun dun dun, they're like zombies. Mm-hmm. And this is basically about them at the end of the world. Yep. There's other stuff too, but that's basically what it's about. I'd agree. Uh, this movie perhaps was probably most known for being a big influence on a certain, uh, guy that we're all a fan of, of, uh, Joss Whedon. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Uh, good movie. Spoilers, good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the first time I watched it, I think, this is a movie I would say right off the bat, I think gets better on second viewing. I Because agree. it has such a, a different tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first time I watched it, I think I was expecting either a comedy or a horror movie, and it's not necessarily, ultimately, if you had to classify it, I guess you'd call it a horror comedy, Yeah. but it's, like, you think, when you think of horror comedy, you think, like, Army of Darkness or uh, Cabin in the Woods or something, and it's, it is not the extreme of either of those. Uh, it's somewhere, it's very much, how to say it, uh, it's a comedy where the characters don't know they're in a comedy, in part, mm-hmm. which I think helps quite a bit, like, because this really could have been played as, you think of the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. where um, it's, they're, everybody's a valley girl, and they all talk like ditzes, and, you know, even though there's, like, vampires, it's it's done in a way where it's very tongue in cheek with this movie. It's not tongue in cheek. They're very real people who just happen to be high school girls, uh, at the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, now Erica, yes, give me some of your impressions having never seen it before. Um, I think that it's a hard movie to come into if you've ever seen it before. Yeah, I'd agree because it, I, it just didn't hold my attention. Hmm. Okay. Like, the beginning did, I was there, I was like, all right, like, it's 1984, like, I can appreciate that, I appreciate the styling and what they're wearing and that she works in a movie theater, Um, but that, I don't know, it just lost me and I, it just did not hold my attention at all. I was like, do you know, do you remember where it lost you? I remember where it lost me the first time I watched it. Um... Pretty much once they get to the radio station. Okay. I can see that. I feel like they spend like four hours just sitting at the radio station. (laughs) And, you know, things probably happened, but it had already lost me and I was already like on my phone scrolling Facebook. (laughs) Oh, no. So then when things actually like started to move to different places, I was like, oh. And then it got me back in the mall. Well, because obviously, it's a it's a shopping yeah, montage. A shopping montage will always bring me back. Like it brought me back there, and I more or less stayed with it to the end of the movie. But that whole middle section, like I was just like, ah, I'm bored by this. 
And it's one, I think, if you're not, not even if you're not paying attention, but because there are, because for me, it was a science. The first time I watched it, once the scientists came in, I was really confused. Because all of a sudden, you have this group of scientists, even though one of them is Mary Warnoff, which is fucking awesome. I love her. And, oh, she's, and she's so good in this. I, I like her in this because it's I've never seen her play that character, that kind yeah. of like... Because typically she's very, I mean, she's a cult actress. She's a Roger Corman mm-hmm. girl. And usually she's kind of playing extreme. And in this, she's kind of one of the last people left with a conscious, conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I watched it the first time, I suddenly there are scientists. I have no idea. I had no idea who they were, what they really had to do with anything. And part of that is because they don't reveal it. They reveal things along the way. And there are certain twists to that. But it did, the first time I watched it, I, I was bothered by that because it just took, took me out. I was so involved in these two girls that, that this other subplot and these new characters introduced an hour into the film didn't do anything for me. But on going back to it this time, uh, it, it, was, it was one of those things that like, okay, I, I see what they're doing here. And I see how the way that it ultimately makes Regina and Sam that much smarter and more awesome in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're ultimately more uh, proficient than these scientists, even if, you know, there's reasons for the scientists not to be at their best, I guess, mm-hmm. if you will. Yes, I will. Yeah. Christine, did you like grow up watching it? Mm-mm, no, I saw it for the first time five or six years ago, probably. Because I maybe this was one that like didn't have a just didn't have a DVD for a while I think. Yeah, I think it was a bit harder to find. Yeah, it was I, a pretty apparently recent. Now it, it's hard to find again, other than really? the fact that there's that Blu-ray release. Yeah, you can get the the DVD That's like Blu-ray the, combo is cheap too. I think it's only oh no, it's like eighteen bucks. So it's not you know, <laughs> it's not like Jingle All the Way that I bought for five bucks. <laughs> um, but it's it's out there and it's a really good. The DVD is really the Blu-ray. Um, has commentaries. It has like a couple of different, uh, like little short vignette interviews with everybody now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Catherine Mary Stewart has aged quite lovely. Yeah, she really has. Yeah, Kelly Maroney looks good for a woman her age. There's a really long interview um, in one of the issues of Paris Cinema. I can't remember which one, but it was um, really good and really interesting about this movie. Um, uh, and how it came to be written, and I wish I remembered more details of it. But basically, I think, I think the dude wrote it like to appeal to his kid. Oh, which sweet. is nice. Yeah. So. Well, because you have, I mean, the thing that probably makes this most memorable, and probably why I think people have such a strong connection to it, those that do, is the fact that you have a movie, and it's it's why this inspired Joss Whedon to do Buffy. You have two really fun young female protagonists who are capable but also but not perfect amazon warriors mm-hmm. like they are you know they're described as like any anytime like you read the back of the box it describes them as valley girls because it was 1984 and if you're from california i guess you were a valley girl uh and i mean they do things like chew gum and have a shopping montage but they also immediately like the very first time you see any kind of threat come at Reggie, she takes care of it. 
Yeah, exactly. She's fucking awesome. She is so awesome. And I mean, like, you also get the feeling like they, uh, when they made this movie, they're like, okay, we're going to have her first, the way we're going to introduce this character, she's playing an arcade game. And she knows her Superman trivia. And she can kick ass. Like, she really is a, like, sexy creation for geeks, in a way. She's she's really awesome. And I mean, you can, it doesn't feel pandering, though. It's no, not like, no. let me create this thing that I know everybody's going to like. Because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the three leads of this movie is are two women and, like... I think his ancestry is half Native American and half Mexican. <laughs> like, Do they ever they, say, well, I only know him because it's Robert Beltran, so I knew yeah. him as Native American because of Star Trek uh, Voyager. <laughs> yeah, um, but he ain't white. Yeah. So there's, like, no white dudes helming mm-hmm. this film, which is uh, really different, especially because yeah. this is, like, an end-of-the-world post-apocalyptic, which usually heavily reinforces, you know, the patriarchy. Like, dad's <laughs> going to fix you, everything. Yeah. When you get to, I don't want to spoil anything, <clears throat> but when you get to the end, you have one more person of color left, mm-hmm. right? Like, so there's this nice kind of, as much as it's still a fairly white movie in terms of yeah. some things, like you have diversity in a way that might have been very specific and very um, intentional, which I appreciate. Uh, I mean, the first person we see die is somebody that you think like, and it's not like a total blob 88 where they do a bait and switch with your romantic hero. Yeah. But like Michael, there's Michael Bowen who I always like, I always like um, seeing Michael Bowen and things. Uh, And there's a very young Michael Bowen and he's Reggie's at first he thinks he's her boyfriend, but they kind of establish after like, Nope, she was just sleeping with him. It was just her friend. Uh, But first thing that happens is he gets killed by a zombie. That same zombie that Reggie is able to take down. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's a very like quick kind of uh, reassertion of like who's powerful in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the thing like when Joss Whedon did Buffy. I mean, think of the f- the very first scene of the TV show, and I know this was very intentional. Was uh, girl in a schoolgirl uniform, cute girl date like on a date with a guy, and it seems like he's going to do something to her, and it turns out she's Darla and she's a vampire, and she kills him. Like that bait and switch of mm-hmm. taking cute, cute teenage girl that you expect to be the, you know, the one running around screaming, but who can take care of herself and sort of save the world a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, the, uh, let me see. Um, this Tom Eberhart, who's the guy who directed it and wrote it. Uh, I don't know much else about him. I know he made a movie called Without a Clue that... Um, when Brandon saw that, he was like, oh, I love that movie. So, for what it's worth. Uh, oh, well, good. There you go. Um, but I don't know what else, I didn't recognize anything else he's done. Uh, which is, this was like his second movie or so, I think. This was pretty early in his filmography. Uh, Captain Ron? Captain Ron. I, I know of Captain Ron. Oh, you've never seen Captain Ron? I have never seen Captain Ron. You should. Oh, why do I? I don't know. It tried to just play it for me when I pressed a button. Um, <laughs> it's, you're podcasting right now. You can't stop and watch a movie. These crazy machines. Yeah, it's a Kurt <clears throat> Russell movie. How have you not seen it? I don't know. I also haven't seen White Chicks, as I've said before. I can't see every movie ever. You would really like this movie. Though. That's what I've heard about White Chicks. <clears throat> uh, but there's also, and I, this wasn't, I don't know anything about the production of this movie as far as like what company it was made under is was it orion i'm not sure i don't recall uh, there's be definitely like the fact that you have mary warnoff is kind of 
like right away a sort of clue of this being a culty movie. But there's also an obvious love of cult film. Uh, they work in a movie theater. Michael Bowen, I forget the name of the movie, but he's like lending out a print of like an like obscure 50 sci-fi movie. Uh, there's a poster for Death Race 2000 on the wall. Like there's all those little things that again, I could see why all of these things are reasons why like a lot of our film friends would love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it set in LA. Uh, and in LA during Christmas time. Yeah. Which it's a good Christmas movie. It's a good, it is a great Christmas movie. And what I like about it too is that, I mean, all we're all from the East Coast where come Christmas it is cold and, you know, sometimes snowy and we expect these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know for me, Christmas, whenever I see like a California set movie and there's Christmas in it, it's really strange to me because people are in t-shirts, but it's Christmas. And this movie does that, I think, really well. And part of it is they had to film probably really early in the day in order to be able to film on these empty streets in L.A. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of adds that sense of, like, something isn't right. Like, there's a, there's a Christmas wreath on a door, but it's, you know, 90 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Now, Erica, did you like anything about the movie other than the shopping montage? Um, I, the shopping montage? Uh, no, I liked um, I liked the whole mall scene where, you know, they kind of have to like i mean eventually they get rescued but like you know they they stand their ground for a while i like them as characters like i do think they were good characters and i enjoyed them and i enjoyed watching them and watching them interact with each other um they're really fun as sisters yeah and they're really believable as sisters and i love the the scene where like is really good yeah where they're kind of have this like kind of sad scene where um because Sam is kind of introduced as your cheerleader in a little bit of the, like, she's the younger sister. She's, like, a little bit ditzier than Reggie, yeah. who seems, like, right, right at the bat, very capable. Um, it's like it takes Sam a while to figure out what's going on or, like, to accept that something's going on. And the scene where she kind of, like, starts to realize and is talking about, like, meeting up with her friends and a boy she liked, but, oh, I guess, you know, you know, my friend was going to sneak out of the house, but I guess she won't get in trouble now. Like, it's actually this really nice, sad, uh, but really well-written, like, as a teenager scene. Mm-hmm. That just I makes... hated her the first time I watched this movie. The first time? Yeah. The whole, like, the whole entire film? or The just... whole film, I didn't really? like her. Yeah. I could see that, because Reggie is just so cool. That how do you not just choose her if you have to choose? Yeah, but I think her, the, the charm, and I don't want to say nuance, but I guess I will. The nuance of that other, of Sam is, is, is something that kind of grows on you, you yeah. know? She's, um, she's really endearing and, and believable. Yeah, I, like, and it, it's, it's funny, but it really, like, when I think about it, I don't remember how much I cared the first time, but I really cared about them both. Like, especially... In a way, more so, Sam, because she's so much more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But yeah, like I was, that scene like had me like, oh, that, it was a really effective way of uh, still having her be this 16-year-old high school cheerleader, but one that was experiencing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. The uh, We Get a Girls Just Want to Have Fun recording, not sung by Cindy Lauper. <laughs> How weird is that? I know, but that, that's a really, it really puts me off. 
<laughs> it's I feel like another movie does that. Um does girls just want to have fun the movie do that? I feel like they can't like they I don't know. I know there's another movie that might even use the same recording, mm-hmm. um, but it's really like, because at first I'm like, yeah, of course, it's an 80s shopping montage. And then very quickly, I'm, it's like, I think Brandon actually walked out of the other room, like with his like eyes narrowed. I'm like, it's a shopping montage. He's like, but that's not Cindy. Yeah. And it's <laughs> so close, but yet so far yeah. away that it's really off-putting. Oh, uh, it's strange, very strange when people cover songs like that. Yeah. Uh, we do get a pretty cool, like, the shootout's really cool in the mall, and I, let, and mm-hmm. I love the moment when Reggie's posing as a mannequin. <laughs> That's pretty badass. Uh, and we learn the importance of Uzis, which are much better in a pinch than whatever Ugh. they had. So funny. Yeah. Uh, the, another, like, random trivia catch, uh, when they realize the dog is gone. Anybody catch the name of the dog? I don't remember. Um, I, I, it was Buffy. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. Now that you say it, I think I did know that. Yeah, it was exciting for me. That is exciting. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, like, I think for this time, for me watching it, it really felt like, I could see it as a huge inspiration to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. And watching it, I think, from that uh, from that viewpoint is really interesting. I can agree. Um, <clears throat> I definitely think it takes more than one watch to kind of see everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Because there are some points in it that... Um, some points are so absurd that other points then, in contrast, seem boring. Yeah. Um and and if like like the I I think the second time I watched it I had completely forgotten that there were like scientists I had completely forgotten about yeah. that subplot because or not even subplot but just that plot turn <laughs> that it's yeah, cause it, I mean it, yeah it's not probably what anybody remembers about the movie because it yeah. comes in so late it does but it's it ends up being really important and then you get and like, really you know, disturbing too yeah it really is and then. Ki- again, kind of absurd because what is their undoing that they forget to close the vents? Yeah, yeah. it's like so ridiculous, but kind of awesome. Yeah, and it's a great scene where Mary Warnoff is explaining that. Yeah, because it's like there's something really, um, I don't know that like there's a lot of creepiness that does. It's weird because it, you you start with an end of the world, there are zombies, there are people turning into dust, but to me. It's so lighthearted until it starts to get weirdly dark once the scientists come in. Because it's not about, like, there's not that much violence, but there's so much implied of what they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think also, I am I find slow madness something to be really um, unnerving when somebody is, like, slowly going crazy. And that's what's happening with them. And... Some of them realize it, and some of them are so oblivious. So yeah. when the women are, like, prepping the kids for their blood transfusion, and they're doing it so cheerfully, and they have no understanding, and they say something of, like, I love working with kids. They're so cute. Except, like, they're going to kill them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's really creepy. In And yet, right after that, you have uh, Robert Beltran in a cowboy hat like making puns it's it's a strange tone of a film it really is and it's i think it can 
it can be distracting, much like that Cindy Lauper non-cover. Oh, yes. um, it can be distracting if you're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Well, and Erica, it sounds like you weren't. No, I wasn't. Um, but hearing you guys talk about it makes me like it more. <laughs> don't you love it when that happens? I don't know if I, I don't think I experienced the same movie you guys did yet, but maybe eventually I will. <laughs> I mean, I really think, like, this was my second time and it was a different movie for me this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it's, I wish I could think of an, another, I feel like we were just talking about a movie where I could say the same thing for um, uh, it's bothering me, but I know there's movies like this where there's just something like this is a bad example, but Martyrs was one for me where the first time I watched it, it didn't, I found it really, um, I mean, it's a disjointed movie intentionally because it does this constant switch of, uh, home invasion movie, ghost movie, torture movie, philosophical movie. And the first time I watched it, I was so kind of, I would get involved into like which chapter I was in and all of a sudden it switches to something else. And it was a really hard film for me to, at the end, experience because I felt Mm -hmm. like I'd watched four different movies and they didn't go together. So then like a year later when I went back to it and knew what what was coming and like knew how the tone (laughs) was going to work, it was a thousand times more effective to me. Because I was able to kind of experience it without guessing what was coming next. Um, And I mean, this is a very different, this isn't Martyrs. This is obviously a lighter movie. It's not going for the same like themes and everything else. But there's something about this because it's such an unusual mix of styles and tones. That once you can get past the, oh wait, now there's scientists. Wait, are they... Are they, is this serious now? Um, and just kind of sit back and like know where it's going. I think it's so much more enjoyable. Yeah. I can agree with that. Um, I do, I do really enjoy it. I think it's very charming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it tells an interesting story. I like when movies aren't about zombies, but employ them in some yeah. manner. Um, that seems to be something that we don't really do that much anymore. Like Especially if you for have... 1984, when I feel like yeah. it, this movie would have been probably much more financially successful if it was just sold as and made as a zombie movie. Yeah. Like, comic comes by and everybody turns into zombies. It's a much <laughs> it's, easier sell. It's cool that it's not really about that. Oh, yeah. No, I, it, I love know, that it's, it's not. In, in, in their, you know, Reggie and Sam's relationship... progresses and changes Mm -hmm. and and i i I see i see a lot of my own um um, relationship with my sibling Mm -hmm. and reggie like she's kind of naggy and she's kind of like you know she has to keep things on track (laughs) and i i but and i thought it was believable and i liked it and they were both likable but they both did stupid or dislikable or annoying things they were perfect yeah yeah it was it was just really interesting that they they maintain this level of like engagement and interest but while while still being presenting like human characters so i liked it yeah that i mean that was for me a huge uh thing that elevated it definitely yeah. was that I believed these girls as sisters and I found them believable as two human beings. And that, that, that helped certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that <laughs> the, me. uh, 
<coughs> like the humor is in like, there's a lot of like kind of like little one-liners here and there um and there's certainly some things that feel definitely like they were supposed to be kind of funny about how these girls are you know are teenagers in 1984 but they the actors themselves aren't playing it as if it's comedy yeah like they're playing it all and it's again to keep making the Buffy comparison but it's very much Buffy season one where the characters are all real people who will say kind of ridiculous things because that's the universe they live in and it makes the humor work in a different way because again if you did Buffy the movie um it's funny in a different kind of more Mm -hmm. like obvious style but there's something about it that just makes it um smarter i guess to do it that way yeah i agree um yeah i mean erica doesn't but um she just i will one day yeah Yeah. i'll be curious erica if you ever i own it now so if you ever want to borrow it uh on blu-ray or dvd because it came with both Maybe mm-hmm. I will okay. one day. I need some distance from it first. I, I am going to mark in my, my Google calendar like a year and a half from now. I'm going to write on there, uh, give Eric a night of the comet. And in that year and a half, I will give you a copy of it and you will watch it again and you will report back to us. All right. Sounds good. Okay. It's a date for two, six, August 25th of 2016. Fantastic. You write, wrote, you wrote, did you write it down? Because I'll forget that. No, you're supposed to put it in your Google Calendar. I know, but then I'm gonna. There's gonna be a clicking noise, and it'll be annoying for people. Uh, okay, I'll write it on here. Um, so, are you about ready then to rate it? Yeah, sure. Christine's favorite part of the night. Uh, yeah, I love it. I always forget it's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, quality of film. Anybody want to jump in? Anybody have a? Uh, I was gonna let our guest go first, unless she didn't. Uh, lady. Quality of film, I could go like uh, six point five. That's good. Okay, it was above average, but it wasn't great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go for me. Um, I'd go seven point seven five for quality of film. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoyment of film. Uh, six. Uh, for me, I would say, I think 8.25. I think it's, uh, it's really enjoyable. It is not a masterpiece. I think it, like we said, it plays well on multiple viewings, but it's not necessarily the best background movie. Uh, I'm just going to go 8.25. What about you, Christine? I was going to go, um, 8.75. All right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So do you rewatch it from time to time? Who, me? Who, you? Yes, you. Um, I actually, at this point, still don't own it. Which I think Aww. is kind of weird, but um, <clears throat> I have I've seen it um, at least four times. So I guess if you were to say four times in like five or six years is rewatching it, then yeah, I do. <laughs> I, but it's not a movie that I just pop on because I don't own it. Um, and you're right, it's not that great of a background movie. So I don't know if I would think to watch it unless I was actually ready to watch it. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it with commentary. Yeah, it seems like the kind of movie that because it was made on a low budget and it was clearly one that was so much character based. Um, I have a feeling there's probably a lot of really good stories to hear. And so um, if judging by that, that thing I edited for the magazine, 
it seems like it was really interesting. Yeah. You should bust out one of your old issues and see if you can find I it. I shall. Do you remember which issue it was? Oh, no. All right. Well, I can look for you if you want. Oh, I could just look through my pile, although that means I have to move other things from the pile. Uh, but it's if memory serves, work. it's definitely worth it. Okay. I will definitely track it down. All right, we will take a quick break and come back to talk about a comet that came a couple of years later with Coherence. I don't need a spotlight. I don't need a crowd. I don't need the great wide world. To shout my name out loud Don't need fame or fortune Nice as those things are I've got all I need To feel like I'm a star I've got my sisters by my side I've got my sister's love and pride And in my sister's eyes I recognize the star I want to be And with my sister standing strong I'm on the stage where I belong And nothing's ever gonna change that fact Part of one terrific sister and, and now we're on to Erica's pick, 2013's Coherence, written and directed by James Ward Burkett, he of the screenplay for Ringo, and a storyboarder for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Now, well then. What's that? I won't hold it against I said, him. I said, well then. Well, I feel like storyboarding the Pirates of the Caribbean movies is a pretty, like, special job. He didn't write the screenplays for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which all get very messy. Like, but as far as just what they look like, like, they're fucking pirate movies. It's pretty impressive in in the 21st century. Remember when Pirates of the Caribbean came out and everybody thought it was going to bomb? And it was amazing. Uh, Yes. But, like, remember when, I remember, like, all through the production of it, everybody was predicting that this was, like, the stupidest move Disney could make and that it was going to be a huge bomb. And it wasn't. I just like to remind people about that sometimes. Uh, Now, Erica, you had picked this movie because you had seen it before. Yes. Uh, How did you come upon watching it? (laughs) Um... I think I was just flipping through Amazon Prime on like a weekend where I was not doing anything except watching movies. Um, And I saw it and like read the synopsis and I was like, oh, like this sounds interesting and it's really short. Mm -hmm. So I'll watch this. And I watched it without really knowing anything about it except the synopsis. And I was like, I really enjoyed that. It's a really good movie to go into cold. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about it, and no one had seen it. So that's why I was like, uh, we need to review this so <laughs> I can talk about it. <laughs> it's one that, um, it's funny, after you said it, I'm like, I've heard of that movie. And then I looked at my Netflix queue, and I had, I had it on there. And I had no memory of putting it on there. <laughs> and I'm thinking it was either, I think a few people have kind of, like, recommended it, like, in their best of lists, like, as one of those, like, hidden gems of the year. 
Uh, and probably as soon as I heard Comet, I was like, oh, God, put that on my list. Because I like Comet. Maybe, maybe it was a different you that put it on your <gasps> list. That actually makes a lot. That explains why, like, I had Jingle on the, all the way two on there also. Yeah. I think, about so I think you put that on there. Yeah, that's that. That, <laughs> that was the that was yeah. darkest timeline. <laughs> dark timeline. That's, no, that's not even the darkest, guys. Come on. <laughs> we know we could go darker than that. Uh, so who wants to give a synopsis of this movie? How I can do it. How in-depth do we want to get off the bat, though? Uh, why I don't we go, uh, like, just the tip? Yeah. And then just, we'll give Erica, a... Just, just the tip. Just, we're just putting the tip in. And then right. we'll give a, okay, open, because we're putting the rest of it in. And that will be our spoiler moment. So for right. now, let's try to... We'll tread lightly until we get to a point where we're just, we want to talk about it and we'll start spoiling. But we'll tell people we're going to spoil it before we do that. Okay. So basically... Um, the movie is about a group of friends that get together for a dinner party after not hanging out for a while. Um, and it happens to be the night that a comet is supposedly passing overhead um, and strange things start to occur. <laughs> yes, that would be true. Uh, among those friends is one really exciting person. Yes, we get Mr. Mr. Nicholas Brendan. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Xander. I mean, yes. come on. He'll always be Xander to us. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you just get a couple of... They're all kind of very... Um, uh, very white... Uh, they're very white people. Yeah, they have a lot of white people problems. Yeah, like they're all just drinking wine and... Uh, talking about things in a way that's very like i don't want to say hipster because that's such a default term and it's not really what they're they not hipsters they're just terrible people yeah <laughs> they're a little terrible some of them i don't want to show my hand too early but i think i just did, did you, so christine <laughs> yeah you, so no. you tipped it i think i might have t- yes. tip your hand tell me um <clears throat> are you spoiling or not no i'm not okay. spoiling while i did not hate this film hmm. I did not like it. Okay. <laughs> um, and a big problem for me was the, um, were the, I don't know, the characters or the cast or, I mean, I don't know. It's It was the people, but I don't know who to blame for that. Well, this movie was filmed in a way, the, I yeah, mean, the filming did was you pretty read? interesting. Yeah, it was filmed over like five days, basically. Okay. It yep. was all improvised. It was... Mm-hmm. The actors would show up and the director basically gave them each a piece of paper to say, to kind of give a couple of probably like character points and like a little background. And then it was just kind of like, okay, go. And then this, and then here, I'm going to make a sound effect and now I'll react to it. Uh, so it's very, one of those very much improv I got that feeling right from the beginning just because there's so much overlapping dialogue mm-hmm. uh, where it feels very much like you've walked into a dinner party with eight people and everybody's having different conversations. Um, <laughs> and I, I thought that aspect of it was really strong. And even and I also I didn't really like a lot of them. I still found some characters interesting enough that I was invested. <laughs> uh, but I thought the conversations were done pretty naturally. Yeah, I don't. I thought the overlapping was fine. Um, I, you know, the con- like the way it was filmed and the the choices to make it be improvised was fine. But 
the way that I read it, and I hope this isn't what happened, but like they were each given facts or backstory about themselves and they didn't know each other's. That's fantastic. But I don't like the idea that maybe on day one, you get a couple facts and then day four, you get some backstory. Like, I feel like if, if you had backstory, they should have been acting like they had that backstory the whole time. You know, there's a few places where I could see and could kind of agree. Like, for me, the biggest challenge was telling some of the men, uh, like, I didn't get the relationships right away. Um, The women were all pretty defined or, like, looked different enough that I got, like, who was who. Who was who and who, yeah. Whereas when the men came in, I didn't really, like, I thought the two guys at first, I thought they were a couple. And then when I realized, like, the one guy who was the main girl, M.M.'s, uh... Her boyfriend, like, it took me halfway through the movie to realize they were a couple. Yeah, me too. I The same thing happened. It okay, just, I'm glad it wasn't and, just me. And, like, I know when people are, f- like, friends, they tend to take on certain characteristics mm-hmm. and, they, and they interact certain ways that are very reminiscent and similar. But there is a feeling at the beginning, at the, like, the lead up to the dinner party and the beginning of the dinner party, that they're basically all the same character. Like everyone's using the same tone everyone's the same sort of aggressive they all seem the same and it's just very like and i didn't and they they were all coming with this energy that i didn't respond to um so it made me go like oh i'm gonna have a hard time really connecting or caring about any of these people so the story better be great that's kind of what i thought (laughs) okay i see what you're saying there was um there were like when some things would come out and this this isn't really a spoiler but when um, Xander uh, sort of starts to drink and yeah. it, it, I'm like wait did they establish early on that he has a drinking problem? No. Because the movie kind of made it seem as if we as should soon know as that. he mentioned drinking it was like oh everybody knew and it was one of those where it felt like I should have and I didn't go back and Erica you've seen it twice so you might have known like at the beginning when they're all drinking wine like is there anything where he's not um, not that I can recall, but there's like a sp- specific line that would fall into spoiler territory that like comes before he starts drinking that okay. indicated like, to we, me. We know that we're not, that he's not supposed to be drinking when he's, when he announces well, it's like that. like when he says that. Yeah. But there's no, there's nothing before like, like, like somebody offers him wine and then makes a face like, oh, sorry, I forgot. Right, right. Or There's not anything like that. There's no, you know, they didn't yeah. show us gun before it went off. And I mean, I think those are no. the kinds of things that did maybe but, wear that structure of like totally improv today that you're this, tomorrow you're that, where it did hurt a little bit just because there could have been a little more establishment at the very beginning of what was going on. But he something. has, it's like, there's a line where they like ask him what he's afraid of. And yeah, but said, I feel like at that isn't that when they're already kind of stuff's going think, wonky. Stuff's going wonky, but he's not drinking yet. Okay. Yeah, I I just feel like he says it in a way that we're supposed to know. Yeah, that's how I felt too. And and it felt very like oh, I don't want to. I don't know what well, to say. It's pretty quickly after that, I think where things start to get pretty crazy. Um, it, just, it just felt like like so info dumpy that wasn't backed yeah. up by anything like somebody literally made that decision right then mm-hmm. <laughs> and that and it, it just the fact that, that it felt that way to you emily makes yeah, you feel that, that's, less that's why i'm kind of like yeah 
Like it really did kind of feel that way. I totally get that he didn't just like start drinking and someone said, you shouldn't be drinking. He did like <laughs> allude to the fact that it was an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. It just, it felt like it kind of came out of left field. Um, I will, I, I will say that I don't think I liked it as much the second time as I liked it the first time, but I did. Really? Like, yeah. Why? How come? <laughs> I was thinking that if I was going to rewatch it, that I would probably like like it more. more. There were things about it I liked more. Like there were things I picked up on that I didn't pick up on the first time because I didn't know where it was going. Oh, yeah. And it's one that once you know certain things to watch for, I'm sure things click. And it does. And like once we start spoiling, like I'll point some out to Mm. you because like there are things I didn't pick up on the first time. So maybe you guys did, but I doubt if you did. Um, But I feel like... Um, I feel like once I knew, once I finished picking up on those things, because at a certain point, once you know what's happening, those things stop happening and then you know what's going to happen. So it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't play as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but all that you're saying about the characters, I feel like works for what's happening. If that makes sense. Kind of. I was going to say the same thing. Can we start spoiling it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, everybody, we are now going into much more detail in coherence. Um, so for those of you who... Oh, just watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's like 90 minutes. Yeah, it's really short. Yeah. Even if you don't like it, it's it, it's it worth really watching. never drags. I never thought, like, this is terrible. No, I it's definitely finish. worth watching. Yeah. Um, Spoiler, right, so here we go. Basically, spoiler, we're like all like every possible timeline is basically colliding. And every time they walk out of the house and through the dark place, they wind up in a different timeline. So like they're they're never like once a dinner party starts, like once you get those cuts to black, I think they're already in different timelines. Oh, I think it's very um, specific where it starts, because what it is, is they. uh well, you're right, actually, because it could have started at different... It starts early. When you watch yeah. it the second time, you're like, oh, I think each of these cuts to black is, like, indicating that someone walking into the house is from a different timeline. But I think... Because, like, one thing I read where I read an interview with the director is that the character of Emily, or M, she, I think, is the same... No, nope, she is not, because Are you when sure? they sit down, when they sit down to dinner... They they start talking about the comet and they're like, oh, you seem to know more about this M. What do you what do you think? And she sits down and she says, in such and such specific year, this happened. And she tells the story about the woman who was like, this isn't my husband. I killed him yesterday. And then a little while later, they're like, they like ask her again. And she's like, oh, it was in like either this year or this year. And she doesn't know. Huh. She doesn't Wait, have the same two knowledge. Comments because was she two different comments because she said it didn't pass close enough to the Earth to do anything. Yeah, yeah, that might have. Uh, yeah, I see. I think, I think that is the one. The to use a lost terminology. I think she <laughs> I is did the constant entire time. Entire time. Yeah. I think because I think that's why it's ultimately because if you really do boil it down, it's her story. Yeah, because yeah. like she's the only one that gets like a real arc because she's the only one that you're following, and that's why she like she has like when before any craziness of the common happens, when she talks about like her missed opportunity where she like, she's a dancer and she could have basically been the lead in this like really famous ballet, but she 
couldn't make up her mind, and then as a result, she lost this opportunity, which kind of leads directly to, at the end, her kind of seizing an opportunity and saying, like, I'm not going to let this pass me by. This is what I choose, and I'm going to take it. Right. So I think she is the constant throughout it. I would I would have to watch again. To- I would have to watch it again, but that was my reading of it as well. Okay. That was my reading of it the first time, but the second time I read it differently because I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention to realize they were talking about two different comments. I but think I they still were. what? I think they were. But don't you don't have to quote me. <laughs> right. I don't know. I like I was definitely it's not like I wasn't watching it like I watched any of the comment. I wasn't like doing other things. Like I was actually watching it and I was just like, oh, like she knew exactly what year the comment was in before, like blah, blah. But regardless, even if that's not true, um, I still think even when they walked into the house, they were from different timelines because um, Amir's, what's Amir's girlfriend's name? Laura. Who everybody hates. Yeah. I loved that aspect of it. Felt really like (laughs) I could totally buy that happening. Like, if we had a party and like somebody was bringing somebody's ex-girlfriend that was now dating someone else, that is yeah. exactly how we would talk about them. Um, but Xander for you, because that's what I'm going to yeah, call him. I yep, think that's the way it. you should do it. Xander has the conversation with her where he's like, Oh, you're like this, you do Spanish yoga or whatever. And she's like, no, that's not me. And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's you. And she's like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm on that show Roswell. And she's like, I watched every episode of that show. You're not on that show. So, like, they're already not from the same timeline in my head. Uh, um, I chalked that up to, at the time, and then again, I would have to rewatch right. it, but I chalked it up at the time to, directly to the story that M tells to at the beginning about not, about the comet coming and people getting confused. And so, I don't know if I, if I am to believe there mm. ever was a timeline, I, a timeline change. Or multiple versions. I think that they were all just crazy. Hmm. Really? See, but then, but there's multiple <laughs> versions of people at the end. Yeah, I think there's got to be. <laughs> there, but I definitely buy the timeline. Thing. There's multiple versions of people at the end. M meets M. Yeah, but who are we to say that that really happened? Well, because the very ending, like the last, which, uh, which don't even get me started on that. That completely undid any type of enjoyment that I had. To be honest with you. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It does. None of it made sense. It uh, and maybe Erica can explain it to me. I hope you can. Well, the the concept of Schrodinger Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, that cat. You've heard you've heard that before. I've heard it yeah. before, but I never quite understood it. Um, which is the idea that if you have a box, you put a cat in there, and you put poison in the cat. You close the box. When you open that box, the cat's going to be alive or dead. But when that box is closed. It's I, the tree falls in the middle of the forest doesn't make a sound. Kind of this is my understanding. I'm terrible at physics. Um, that the box's reality could be there's so many different things that could be going on, and nothing matters until you open that box. Yeah. Um, the the issue I have with that is that well, no, that's my reality outside the box. Inside the box, one thing has happened or it hasn't happened. To me, outside the box, that's where I'm seeing all these different scenarios uh i'm sure somebody who's better at like metaphysical discussion can explain to me why i'm wrong um but with this what it i I mean i think what it's saying is and they establish it when they when she explains the new story she'd read about the comet 70 years ago which is 
when I guess a comet, for whatever reason, it's sending out rays or something, there are... I guess the question is, are these multiple realities always going on, or are they only going on when the comet's passing? Is the dark, are the different timelines birthed from this, or are they always happening, and this is the only time they meet up? I read it as the second, that they're always happening, and That's, because the comet yeah. is passing overhead, they're this colliding. This is become aware of it. Samesies. Okay, okay. Also, also. I like that, I like that better, actually. Also, one, first, first thing, please help me with. I don't think there was dark versions of anybody. Everybody was oh, just. Oh no! Everybody, everybody was okay. the same. Because okay. I, I read a review that posited which one really was, and I'm like, no. no the whole no, no, point no, no. of this is that everybody's just the same, and if, if they I, just fucking calm down, yeah, and it's like just people. if one, if those little things are done different, it's the same. Um, <laughs> the same people. You change one thing, they're gonna react differently. Exactly, and, and that there's like, bad in all of yeah, us. Yeah, if you've it's, seen the Community episode where they do the Dark Timeline episode, yeah. where it's like every time one person leaves the room, something if something happens, everything changes because the dynamics when you take away um, Abed are different than when you take away Britta and so on. And I think that's this case, where if they if the one guy hadn't gone outside, then everybody would have acted different. If Mike hadn't started drinking in this time, in, in this timeline, he starts drinking in another timeline. He doesn't. Yeah. No, it's completely right. That's, I mean, it's like that episode of Star Trek. It's like that episode of Buffy. There is no good and bad half. We're all made up of the same pieces. So, okay, good. I'm glad we're all on the same page with that. Now, please explain the end to me. Somebody. So M. Oh, Oh, right. What? I was saying hey because you said M. Oh, like, that's I thought that was Erica. I don't know why. <laughs> nope. Okay. I was confused. Okay, so M, I get that. So she maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think I'm not. So she's like, I'm not da- I don't know, I'm not in my original house. She basically walks from area to area, realizing that she's probably not gonna find her way back to where she started. And if she did, how would she a hundred percent even know? Oh, so I don't think she wanted to get back to where she yeah, started. Which is great. I great. agree. So she's trying to find a place that she thinks is cool to hang out. Yep. So she finds a place that's cool to hang out and she then dispatches herself. Again, totally on board. I read something that says that she injected herself with ketamine. No, she drugs herself with it. Yeah, and puts slow, herself to knock her out, not to kill her. No, no, no. I didn't think. But first of all, why didn't she kill her? But we're not going to talk about that. So she puts her in the trunk. Great. Closes the trunk. Goes into the house. And then sees herself come into the house. Bitch, you just got injected with ketamine. You got. How did you get out of the trunk? Could that have been an Emily from a different timeline? Yeah, that is what I think it is. But if you read what the director actually said, he says that that's her. He says that that's, that that's the, the same Emily one she that she knocked trunk. out. Because and then there's okay. stuff with the rings that don't make sense. Like there seems to be an extra ring. But that's the whole thing is that and it never. It, I think the rings are there to prove that there's two Emilys in the final, at the very end, because she goes to the car to get the ring so that she can also kind of. I think, I think part of it is her testing to see like kind of figure out where she's at in this timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, if she gets the ring and shows it to him, then... then, uh, But I... Or wait, wait, wait. Maybe the Emily before that already did that. So that no, she also... No, she, she knocked that Emily out while she was getting the while ring. While she was getting the ring. 
But so Emily already had her ring on. Right. And then she knocked her out while she was getting the ring. Well, I guess that Emily gets the ring. Like, it's important to get the ring. And then a ring ended up on the floor. Because when she dragged, when she's in the bathroom and yeah. she's hiding her in the shower, for what it, the ring fell off her finger when she was sliding her in there. And okay, then, I mean, so- they specifically show the ring kind of to show you, like, okay, that's going to come back. But my, this again, okay, I'm still, I'm totally cool with everything we're saying. But, but if whether there's one Emily's one em- one extra Emily or two extra Emily's, which I still think there's two extra Emily's, where the fuck did they go? There should be an Emily in a trunk and an Emily in the bathtub or an Emily that crawled out of the bathtub. I know that the phone rings and it's Emily calling, but I still think there should be three total Emily's. I agree that there should be three Emily's. Thank you. The world needs more <laughs> Emily's. Let's just face it. I think always have more Emily's. Is the thing that I read said from the the director's mouth no there was that, that was the emily she knocked out she crawled back into the house and that that was she took her place and i don't think it was ever that cut and dry i think no. another emily wandered in yeah mm. i think i think there's a third emily even if the director doesn't agree i think there's a third <laughs> emily that was doing the same thing that our constant emily was doing which makes mm. sense cuz it means the same person so why wouldn't person, you do yeah. the same that was looking for a better a better See, timeline. I think so too. So I think our reading of it is better than the thing that I saw. Well, we should get in touch with Mr. James Ward and tell him that we understood it better than what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get it right, sir. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. agree with that. That's basically all I have to say. I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yes, there were three. And one was on the phone and one was in the trunk. Thank you. Like, I assume that the bathroom one got up and left the house, like, saw herself on the couch and that people were up. So she snuck out and called him and the other one's still in the trunk. And then the, the one is at standing next to him. Yep. Yeah, we're never, we, I mean, we have no idea where it goes from there, from the end. Because once, presumably once the comet is, has passed, uh, the timeline, like, like the doors between the timeline right. should close yeah. forever and Those everything. Those dark areas or whatever they call them. But yeah. what happens and, to the um, people that got lost along the way and end up in the, in a double timeline? I think that they're, all of them are there. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of the way it ends is it makes you like, okay, well, if there's two Emilys, then there's two Emilys. Yeah. What the right. fuck do but we do I, from there? I think she's the only one who like, I mean, anyway, my reading of it is that she's the only one who really truly like figured out what was going on and tried to leave like I feel like the rest of them for the most part even though they ended up they might have ended up in a different timeline but they weren't like actively searching out a different timeline so they probably all equaled each other out and you wound up with the same amount of people in each one we see the Mm -hmm. one when she's walking through when she's kind of just like like we said shopping for her timeline and she passes by the one house where there's two mics tied up Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, like, I mean, who knows what's going on there? But it's, and I really like that part too, where it's like you kind of see all these possibilities of what could happen. Again, it's the whole you move one person, you shuffle this around. Um, so, I mean, in that timeline, chances are they all killed each other. But I mean, it's the old because we've all seen plus one, right? I yeah. have, yes, yeah, and it's it definitely like reminded me a lot of that movie watching this. Yeah. Um, but it is like you're. I think you're anybody's natural instinct. If they see their doppelganger, 
what do you do? My natural instinct would be to kill it. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. You wouldn't be that one party girl who, that one girl at the party and plus one who sat down with it and was like, hey. Hey, let's talk. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was so sweet. That's right. That's she, sweet. And this is why that movie's better than this movie. (laughs) Because, because again, everyone reacted the same in this movie. Not everyone would react the same to something like this. They made a whole assumption. I I like the part where the four of them go out and see the four of them. And they just run back in and they tell them what they saw. And they're like, well, what did you do? You didn't say anything. They're like, no, what would you do? (laughs) And I think, I think that would happen. I think if we like, if the three of us walked outside and saw an Emily, Christine and Erica, and plus like five more Emily's, obviously, (laughs) I think like, I don't know, like, I could picture us all just being like, what the fuck? Get inside. Like, lock the door. But I would never be the one that's screaming for murder. And I feel like they all got really fine. I think I wouldn't be, but deep down I might. I think you might. I'm just saying, I thought Plus One was a a better movie. But you see why I wanted to talk about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. (laughs) It's fun. I love these kinds of movies. Like, I really liked Plus One. I'm recommending it. Um, it's, it reminds me of Triangle. I'm trying to think of others where they just, it's a movie that, it, um, it has, it has a fun time playing around with its reality. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the reality wasn't necessarily as well constructed. And once you find out the way it was filmed, it makes sense. Like, I'm sure the director knew, had a better grasp maybe on this than we did when he was yeah. conceiving it. Um, but the fact that it's improvised and it was filmed like in a week for all of those things, I think it comes together much better than it could have with that same, those same credentials with another director or within another timeline, if you will. <laughs> Imagine if like a comet passed over at Horror Hound <gasps> and crazy. like this like splintered into realities, like how fucked up it would be if there were doppelgangers of us at Horror Hound. In different timelines. And multiple Norman Reeduses. Maybe yeah. the lines would be shorter at Horror Hound. <laughs> That's true, because we're like, no, 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 Norman Reedus in timeline number eight is like, he's giving kisses to women. You should go to him. Yeah. And then I get William Cat all to myself. Yeah. Um, but, and I think the, the cast does a really good job. I don't think there's anybody that feels uh, unnatural with, and from like what I read too, like they didn't know each other. Like they all knew the director, but they, they weren't friends with each other, which I wouldn't get watching it. Like, I do feel like there is like a camaraderie about them. There's a, like they, they, they feel natural talking to each other as friends. And I, and I buy these people as friends too, which I think can sometimes hurt a movie. I agree. Or you have like a dinner party, but you're like, there's no way that person would be friends with that person. But in this yeah. case, like, yeah, no, they're all white people that drink wine, except for yeah. Um, and oh, I agree this with- is so this is so wild. I'm sorry. I just found found a broke down timeline of this movie that somebody made, and it's huge. <laughs> it's like the biggest thing I've ever seen. I had to zoom in like a hundred times to see it, <laughs> and th- and I I'm gonna put it on the Facebook page, but just. Just to get to the to what we're all wondering about, he also says that there's there's two there's just two Emilys at the end. What? No, it's impossible. How did she get out of the fucking trunk? Well, a lot of trunks have that anti that like thing she now that if you're locked in a trunk, Emily. you can't get out. 
Well, maybe it wasn't that strong a dose of ketamine. It, it wasn't. If you were to believe it was, her, it was watered it was a, down. Right. Yeah, it was a hair of ketamine. So it wasn't. Which, so it wasn't that strong a dose. It was an anti-lock trunk thing, so that she can poke herself out very easily. I don't know. That's really she stretching stumbles into the bathroom. I don't know. I I never thought that there was a second Emily until you guys started saying it. And now I, I can see how there's not two, three Emilies. Because the, he's referring to one as Emily one and another one as Emily four. I, don't, I didn't read the whole timeline, so there's a reason why that's happening. But basically, like, she gets out of the trunk and, and comes into the house is what he's saying. This person, it's, it is a man, I think. I, was, I just wasn't assuming that. But anyways, <laughs> um, that's what the ass- assertion is on this. It's really interesting. I'm going to post mm-hmm. it. It's fucking fascinating, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I want to look at that. I mean, and I like... I don't know. I I, I liked that it, you didn't necessarily know it was Emily's story until you got into it. That was cool. Yeah. It was kind of this, like, slow... Like, you knew kind of, like, okay, she's... You start with her. Um, there, You kind of feel like she's your center, but then as you go on and realize, like, no, it's... she's the She's the only one, in a way, that gets an arc, because everybody else is all splintered and we don't know how long we stayed with anyone. Um, but I thought it was kind of just the right amount of backstory for her that she's been burned in the past for being indecisive and not kind of seizing the moment. Uh, and, and she has these kinds of suspicions about her boyfriend. And so that in the end, she gets the chance to do something about it and she does. And then she kind of gets punished for it or presumably well, she did the wrong thing. Well, what would you have done? Not that. What would you have done, though? I don't know. Been smarter. Like, would you have, like, <laughs> like <laughs> lured the other Emily out with cheese? Because, I mean, that would have... No, I would have... I To be honest with you, there would have just been, like, a house that was full of me. Because we'd all be hanging out and want nothing to do with anybody oh else. Oh, God, I would we're hate... Very, hate we're very introverted. <laughs> Let's just stay here while it all blows over, guys. Come on, guys. Let's eat more cheese. <laughs> then, Do you want to watch The Running Man again? Yeah, of course I want to watch The Running Man. Then, even, then, okay, let's watch The Running Man again. Oh, and then there would end up being a timeline with only me's in it because we wouldn't leave the yeah. house. We'd fall asleep or something. God. You just keep making tea for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> just, and like be, being really like considerate of everyone else. It would be terrible. Oh, God. Can you imagine how messy the house would be if it was just like eight of me's? <laughs> did you do the dishes? No, I'll do them. Late. Do you want to do? The, why don't you do this? It's your turn. I, no, I did. It. it would be terrible. Oh my god, Erica. What about a house of yous? I don't think a house of me's would would go over. I think I'd get annoyed with myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I could see myself. I get pissed off too. I would think like the other me's were were super bitchy, and I wouldn't want to hang out with myself. I would go find the other people. <laughs> I would finally realize that I talk really loud. <laughs> because let's all of these all of these would be like oh my god i can't just my ears hurt and then we'd no. all realize and then because we, we'd all say at the same time i'm just talking i'm not shouting <laughs> but maybe all of the yous have damaged hearing already from the rest of your family yeah yeah it's a possibility so you would all just be shouting but not know that you're shouting oh man that would be hell man Hell is in other people. Hell is like 20 is of you of in yourself. one room. Yeah. <laughs> That's deep. Somebody should make a movie about that. Right? Yes. 
I feel like we did something really important here tonight, guys. <laughs> Coherence to the night of a, a thousand. <laughs> the night of a hundred Emilys. Sorry, my mind is still blown just imagining all these scenarios. It's on the Facebook page if you want to get lost in a really intense gif. <laughs> like, does it happen to animals too? Like House of like, I know, that's what I was just oh thinking about. I was trying to figure out h- how many Mjörners there would be and if I'd be able to pick her up and take her with me because she does not like to be held. Oof. What if I wind up in a timeline with no Mjörner? I'd be really sad. That would be really sad. But, but you- maybe I would wind up in a timeline with a cat that actually likes me. Well, you. what if you wound up in a timeline with like a hundred Joplins and they were all meowing <gasps> and trying to sit on your shoulder at the same time? I'd be okay with that. You say that, but it gets oh. really intense. <laughs> I have to I have to show you. I made bunk beds for my cats at work. Oh, sweet. Because they both want to be in That's boxes cute. on my desk. So I pulled out my bottom drawer and it's like a filing drawer and the box is just big enough to sit on the rails. So one sits... In the bottom drawer, in the bottom box, and one sits on top of my desk in another box, and they're bunk beds. It's great. That is very like life hacky of you. Yeah, well I done. was pretty. I was pretty proud of myself. I'll take three of you redesigning my uh, my <laughs> setup in my living room. How's that? <laughs> Making it more cat friendly. Well, I mean, we have like Haley's Comet came what 1986. Um, so we'll be like 78, 79. So we should make it for the next comet or the next knowable comet by then you know just think about how you want to use that the, the what i'm saying is the next chance you'll have to get doubled and play with your doppelgangers is going to be in a 2060 <laughs> something um, well, but we'll that, probably that, make it as so long as we all stay healthy oh no i was planning on checking out yeah do you remember Helly's comet do you guys i do you remember seeing it? I know we drove to the beach at three in the morning, but I don't think I actually saw it. I remember it happening, but I don't remember yeah. any. I didn't see it or anything. Yeah, Maybe we should we should rate this movie because I really want to know what everybody thought at the end of all this bickering and all this fighting between us, <laughs> between our many doppelgangers. No, it wasn't. It was awesome. Christine was in the other timeline. She just got back. They just swapped. The timeline I just came from. They were bickering. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel bad that you didn't really like it, but I feel like no. it was a good conversation. So oh, I liked it. it. I it did was like a great it. conversation, and and I, I had a great conversation after I watched it, and I had a great conversation with you guys. But um, I have other things to say. But we can rate it. Let's rate it. Let's rate it, man. Quality of film. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I I seven point two five. Yeah, I was going to go right around seven. <laughs> oh, it's me. Because um, I think the, like, for me, it's the the fact that it was made as it was and that normally I feel like this kind of acting and dialogue style could could have gone terrible. Um, and it really didn't. It really, that held it up. Uh, and I like the concept anyway, but I think that really helped maintain it as very watchable. Mm-hmm. 6.75. 6.75. Okay, so we're all close. Uh, enjoyment yeah. of the film. Um, the first time I watched it, I would say 
like 8.25. The second time I watched it, I think it came down a little bit. Because like I said, like once you know what's going on, it was kind of like, oh, mm. all right. Like I don't I don't think it has that many replays in it. Um, so the second time I would go like, I would drop down like a full point to like a 7.25. Yeah, I think I'm right around 7.2575. Because I really, en- I mean, I did enjoy it. And again, part of it is I like these kinds of high concept, doppelgangery, time travel-y movies. I just find, like, this one, it's really different, and I like not quite knowing where it's going. It's interesting with the rewatching because I feel like this movie is designed to be rewatched because obviously, like, you're supposed to go back and look for all these things, but that when you go back, you might find things that don't add up is kind of a... Uh, yeah, it was just kind of like, when, there, there's a point where things, like, you know what's happening and things are straightforward, so mm-hmm. there's nothing to look for anymore. Except like, for how many movies use, there are. Yeah. I mean, to use, like, I feel like, I, I don't know why this just came to mind, but, like, Fight Club, there's Tyler Durden throughout that whole movie. Like, once you once you know the twist, like, you, there's still things to look for. Mm-hmm. But this, I feel like, once you know the twist, the whole, there's so much time left after you find out the twist that it just doesn't, there's nothing to look for in that, in that back half of the movie. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. It just falters a little bit. I'd buy that. Christine, did you give your grade for quality of enjoyment? I didn't. Would you like to give your grade for quality of enjoyment? Yes, please. Okay. Please <laughs> give your give, grade for I give it a six. Okay. Now, what does Christine number two from the other timeline give it? She hated it. Oh, really? Uh, she, no. She I just, everything. I think that people should see this movie. I just felt like it was a little pompous, and it thought it was a little bit smarter and more complicated than it actually was. <laughs> and I had a problem with the characters. But I give it all the points for the conversation that it spurned. Yeah. It was definitely a yeah. fun one to talk about. So I'm really glad you picked it, Erica. Yeah, I'm really glad you picked it. Yay, thanks. In the other timeline, we paired it with the butterfly effect. <gasps> oh, yes, we did. Other timeline, me had a great time with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I Facebook messaged you about. I was like, you I did. Something, but if you haven't watched it, it's not going to go over that well. So That's a good point. I wanted to be like, we should have paired this with the butterfly effect because it's very in the same vein. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, now I just really want to watch it. I know, and this, that's one of those movies that once it's on, like you can't walk away from it. I don't know why. Uh, I totally yeah. own it. Do you? I I told you I like didn't mean to watch the entire thing one day and did, yeah. and then it made me instantly put the sequel on my Netflix queue. We'll see how that goes. You didn't watch the sequel yet? Not yet, because it's a disc, okay. and I have a lot of discs on there. Yeah. So we'll get there. Uh, All right, so that was Coherence. So we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, It's on Amazon Prime. Go uh, go give it a check-see. Now, um, Netflix recommends. Do we have any? I'm prepared. You are prepared. Well, let's hear it, Erica. I'm almost never prepared for this. Um, And I almost wasn't prepared, but I double-checked and it came back because it was on Netflix and it went away and then it came back and it's housebound. Wow! Oh, that was a, that was a roller coaster ride. I know. I, I know. So I haven't watched it yet. No, neither of you have watched it yet. No, but I know uh, Randy was a huge fan of it. Um, oh. A couple of other people have really, really recommended it. I think Sean yeah. just recommended it on our page too. I watched it because I started listening to the Bloody Good Horror episode, 
and they talk so highly of it in like the first 20 minutes and then they got to the point of spoilers and I was like I kind of don't want to know what mm-hmm. happens and I like active it's like one of the first times ever I've actually actively turned off a podcast gone watch the movie and then gone back to it like that oh, never wow. happens I I always just want to know what's going to happen but they talked so well about it that I was like I think I actually just want to watch this um and I did and I feel like I want to watch it again because I don't think I gave it the amount of attention that it deserved um, because I was watching it. I was watching it on that snow day that I worked from home mm. and I was sitting in a room with a desk so that I could work on my computer. And there's a skylight in that room. And it's a very like physically not not like it's like physically dark, like it's hard to make out things that are happening in the movie when there's a huge glare from a skylight oh, on it. That, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so I really do need to go back and watch it. And it's back on Netflix now, so I could do that. Um, but yeah, you guys should watch it. I think you'll both appreciate it um, a lot. Yeah. And yeah enjoy it. I've been excited to look to. at it. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, a, like, it's horror comedy, right? Yes. Okay. But I feel like it's like it's... It's not like laugh out loud horror comedy. It's not Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> like it's it's. I think it's a little bit like smarter and wittier, where the comedy is like a little more subtle. Okay, I gotcha. And it's like also a little weird just because they're they have accents. So you, I don't know if you guys have trouble interpreting when things I'll, are supposed to be I'll funny when people have an accent. On. Um, but yeah, I I really I love like the the like. It's not really a twist, but I loved like the outcome of the movie and thought it was just really smart and really original. And I'd like to hear you guys talk about it. Okay. So please watch it. Watch it. Woohoo. Uh, Christine, do you have one? I do. <coughs> um, I had to bite my tongue when you were talking about the movies you had watched. Oh. My Netflix recommend <laughs> is The Town That Started Stuff. Yeah, Sunday. right. I loved it. Wasn't it, it good? Was phenomenal. Yeah, I adored it. Mm-hmm. And the cast. Um, it was so fucking good. I love that they filled the cast with all of these, like, random yep. faces that you're like, oh, that that's it, louder. Like, just, that was great. Yeah. Had a good I, twist, too. It did. It was really, really good. I really liked it. It was super interesting because it wasn't a parody and it wasn't a remake mm-hmm. and it wasn't a reboot. Yep. It was, it was, it was really... Thing really solid and I felt bad like great characters I felt bad for them and that was something that it did really well is every one of the (laughs) like kills basically they took just a little bit of time before it happened to introduce these people so it was like you just got you know two minutes of these characters together talking or whatever it was before this you know thing came out and killed them like it made it so effective because you really did you were invested in it and you felt the weight of these attacks yeah yeah i thought i thought that was that was something that it, i really respected about it do i need to watch the original i wouldn't think so okay good they yeah. give you enough information in the movie right yeah um it's like it definitely is a good com- like i feel like it's made almost like in part as a valentine to the original but a i i don't think erica that you'll like the original i don't I think so feeling. either yeah which is why I i've never watched it yeah it's it's not it's a very flawed movie it's memorable for being kind of the first of its kind in a lot of ways and for having a really cool design of a killer and a great title um 
but it's it's not that good a movie. I think so long as maybe you read up on the movie on the original to know a little bit about uh and Chris Christine's right, they do a lot of they talk about the movie in the movie a lot cuz that's a big part of it. Um but yeah, maybe you just want to know a little bit about the town and a little bit about like what happened there, I mm-hmm. guess. I would say. Okay. I think it might enrich it for you. Gotcha. Uh, okay, and my Netflix recommend is also a horror movie on Instant Watch that I did one of the other movies I watched. Uh, and it's another one that's been making the rounds of people that have seen it and said, this is pretty good. And it is Honeymoon. Starring Eat Oh, yeah. Haven't uh, seen it. Thrones. Know about it. Yep. It's good. It's um, It's another movie that I really appreciate because it feels like this is a movie that was made knowing they didn't have a lot of money, they didn't have a lot of resources, they weren't going to be able to do, like, huge effects. So it's really just a character piece about two people and using other things to create the suspense and scares and everything else. So it's really about this relationship uh, and the mystery that kind of goes along with it. Um, Aside from the fact that the two actors are British and should have just been able to act British because their accents are terrible. Their American accents are terrible. Um, it's really well acted. Uh, and it's really, again, it's really sad because it's, it's so limited in scope that you really get to kind of feel for these people. Um, it's good. Erica, I think you would really like this one. Okay. I, I, I've, I feel like it sounds like I've only been listening to one podcast, which is because we're talking about good horror movies. I, well, horror movies in general. I listened to the review on bloody good horror. So it's a little ruined for me. And I wasn't 100% sure if I would like it based on their review, but I'll check it out. I really want you to watch it and tell me what you think. Okay. Because I think, I feel like it's it's going to work for you. I mean, maybe there's, yeah, it's probably better to have gone in cold. Um, but the twists themselves, I don't think are that, uh, like, I don't think it ruins the movie if you know some of the twists, I'd, I'd say. But you will watch it and tell me. I will. Okay. Or send your other timeline, Erica, to do it for you. That might be the thing I do. Okay. And then have her report back to me. Uh, Okay. So those are our Netflix recommends. And on our next episode, which is episode 49, which means we are approaching our big 50. Yeah. Which Christine and I have a special thing planned. I don't know if she remembers what it is, but we'll talk about it next week. I kind of maybe do. Okay. I'll remind you. (laughs) Next week we can do it. Um, But for the next episode, Christine, do you remember what movie you decided you wanted to cover? No, we talked about it? Yeah, we did. What did I pick? You were like, you put a trailer for something on my Facebook wall. Oh my god, that's how I picked it? Well, yeah, because then you were like, yeah, I really kind of do want to talk about the other one. Oh no, what did I pick? So you picked Magic Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is a clear case where Christine's other timeline, Christine picked Magic Mike. No, I forgot that we were committing to that. Well, I said, I'm like, do you want to cover it? And you were like, yeah, sure. What did you pick? Well, and then I said, you know what? I have never seen Flashdance. Yeah, I forgot about this conversation. (laughs) You sure you had it or was it other Christine? No, we had it, you and me. Okay, I'm trying to give you an out if you need. No, it was me. I was here. Uh, I'm really excited about Magic Mike 2, so I want to relive the misery that is the first one. That's the thing. The trailer for Magic Mike 2 looks like 
like step up two to the, step up one. Yes, the trailer yes. for Magic Mike Two looks like the movie that everybody thought that Magic, Magic Mike, Mike was. Yes. was. Yeah. I'm so hopeful. Like there's no really grumpy love interest in the sequel. It looks like. Oh shucks! I just did not understand. I mean, I've talked about this with Emily before because we saw it together. That movie was fucking depressing, and I don't understand all the women who, after they saw it, were like, "Ooh, Magic Mike." I'm like, no, that movie was really depressing. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. if you fast forward through. A lot of scenes. Of it's pretty fun. Through the talking parts? Yeah. yeah. If you, you, you see Matthew like, McConaughey and Nassau's chaps, you get to yep. see Matthew McConaughey Any and scene chaps. with dialogue or any scene with Kevin Nash, you just fast forward through. <laughs> and then the movie is literally a minute and a half long. <laughs> and the movie that everybody thought it was going to be. Yeah, that everybody wanted it to be. Uh, which might be a movie that flash dances. I don't know. I have never seen Flashdance. I've dance. never seen Flashdance. I've seen the iconic like dance scene, but... Yeah. I really like I've seen I, Claire Fisher reenact her version oh, of the iconic. Yeah, game. hell yeah. But yeah, so I'm kind of like I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that I've never seen Flashdance. Um, I've never seen it either, guys. It's okay. Okay. So it just seems like, well, these make sense. And the best thing, something that made me really excited. Um, so tomorrow after work I have to stop at my library to return a DVD and pick up Magic Mike. <laughs> from the public library. Yep. I love that you can get the stripper movie from your public library. But it's not even that movie. Oh, I know it's not. It I is. It, it's, yeah. Oh, gosh. I hope the second one's better. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. Unless yeah. we, you can change your mind if you want no, to think I something refuse. else. I'm now I'm committed to watching Flashdance. Now let's watch Magic Mike because it would okay. be nice to revisit it because I really didn't like it the first time I watched it. All right. Maybe everything will click in place for you and you will okay. join the cult of Kevin Nash on second viewing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want that T-shirt. <laughs> they only come exclusively made for Kevin Nash size. Yeah, he's so the only member of his own fan club. Quadruple extra large. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's what's happening next time. In the meantime, if you want to talk about stuff, come to our Facebook page. Yeah, I just posted something there. Yeah, I look forward to figuring out these timelines. I could not even look at that on my phone. It couldn't get big enough. <laughs> yeah, I had. To, yeah, don't try. <laughs> what would you have put in the box, by the way? Uh, something mm-hmm. that was around. Oh, okay. Yeah. For me, it would have been a multicolored pen. Those are useful. But uh, I feel like it, that would have been your choice in every timeline. The point is, it's supposed to be something random. Yeah, I would have probably picked up a coaster. Yeah, it can't be like I something that coaster. I don't you use, like. See, that's another reason I couldn't have a house of all me's. We'd have the table would be terribly stained. <sighs> okay. Uh, lessons learned, people. Stay to your own timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on that note, happy end of February, everybody. Bye. Bye. Your heart is in your dream, no request 
Fate steps in and sees you through. 